0: everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. On this day in 1871, Governor Edmund J. Davis imposed martial law on Freestone County in response to reports of coercion and fraudulent voting in the county seat, Fairfield, During the election of October 3rd through 6th, martial law was lifted a month later on November 10th. Freestone County was one of four Texas counties in which martial law was declared during Reconstruction. The other three were Limestone, Hill, and Walker counties. Now on to today's podcast. Texas' 13 U.S. military installations had a total economic output of $101.6 billion in 2017, according to the Texas Comptroller of Public Accounts. Bases directly employed more than 224000 and another 400000 were indirectly employed, contributing at least $39.8 billion in disposable personal income for Texas citizens. Factor in veterans and the mobile lifestyle of the typical service member, and the military adds an interesting twist to the state's overall housing market. Real Estate Center Senior Data Analyst Joshua Robertson discusses this in his latest article, Homefront, How the Military Influences Texas Housing Markets. He joins us today to talk more about military housing in Texas. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So generally, how does the military contribute to the economy?
1: Well, it contributes a lot of ways, but I think probably the most obvious is going to be the jobs. And I'm not necessarily just talking about active duty uniform members, but I'm also talking about, you know, there's a variety of like contractors, consultants and other civilian type jobs that that it brings. So and then also from time to time. You'll see large capital investments, you know, one uh, right now in Texas that's making a lot of news or has been making a lot of news is the Army Futures Command Center, uh, which mm-hmm. is headquartered in Austin. Um, that brought a few hundred jobs uh, to that area. But then they also recently announced uh, right in our backyard in Bryan uh, that the testing for a lot of that research to modernize the military is going to be right in uh, in Bryan. And that's going to come with, I think I read figures of about 150 million in infrastructure. and and building construction. So that, of course, is is a pretty big impact on uh, the the economy. And of course, with that, uh, construction jobs.
0: So what trends do you see in military housing across Texas?
1: So trends, I mean, you can kind of split it up by different, I guess, aspects of the military. Um, So I started off with uh, an article talking about the active duty uh, service members and by and large, by the numbers, um, the trend is that they're they're not as engaged, you know, percentage wise as the as the general public, uh, which probably not too terribly surprising. But to actually look at the numbers and see kind of what that gap is, uh, the military as a whole is is fairly young. Uh, a lot of the enlisted service members uh, are in their twenties, which you know, even outside of the military, twenty uh, year olds aren't buying homes like they, uh, like they used to. And so to be in the military where, you know, your lifestyle is always changing, there's always a deployment or change of station around the corner. Um, it's just, and, and it's also just not fi- financially feasible um, in most cases. So that that's a pretty big trend. Uh, but then I also looked into the, the veteran community, which is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. Veterans are considerably, um, the median age is considerably older, a large part because it ranges all the way from Korean War, Vietnam War, um, you know, Desert Storm, you know, uh, so on and so on. And uh, so the median age is higher, different life stage, further along in their careers. And most importantly, I mean, we have veterans all over the state, but uh, in several communities, um, you know, they they tend to cluster, you know, especially in military-affiliated communities. Um, I talked a little bit about the uh, Clean Temple area, San Antonio and El Paso, but Um, if you kind of expand it outside the metros, uh, outside of San Antonio and some of that outward surrounding counties, you, you see a lot of military as well. So, uh, they tend to cluster.
0: How are areas with a larger percentage of military personnel affected by changing troop counts?
1: That depends. So there's everything from, uh, you might read an announcement about deployment. I didn't really see a whole lot of change. I mean, the, there is some change in like housing dynamics, but you know, some of the larger bases here in Texas are in larger metros. I mean, San Antonio being the largest, but even, you know, uh, uh, the clean area and El Paso, you still have several hundred thousand people living there. So the military makes a relatively smaller number count of the entire population. So that probably explains why you don't see a whole lot, but uh, some of the other larger troop counts, you have things like about 10 years ago or a little longer than that, there was a whole armored division that relocated from europe to el paso with the uh, base realignment enclosures and you would think that that would have a pretty big impact because uh, i don't know the exact definition of, of, of the division and I, you know, I apologize if i can get some of these terms wrong um but I mean, we're talking several thousand people mm-hmm. so pretty big jump and i was talking with a realtor uh from that area and just asking him about that and basically because of the the time frame between announcement and when things actually take place, uh, uh, and, you know, in the planning, the military was able to, uh, adjust and provide, you know, enough housing on base ahead of time that, while you did see, you know, uh, some spillover into the, uh, local market, um, there's also housing options on base itself. And so that was able to kind of blunt some of the shock of, you know, that, that kind of troop movement. And again, El Paso is fairly big. So, um, so I was able to uh, absorb, you know, that that, that impact. Uh, but then you have other situations such as, you know, declining troop counts in general just over the decade. Um, I was reading an article uh, out of Fort Hood area where because of the declining troop counts, Fort Hood actually opened up some of the military, uh, some of the housing on, on, on base, on post, uh, to the general public because the occupancy level reached a low enough threshold where they were starting to, you know, feel the impact. So, um, so, so it varies. I mean, again, everything from deployment to uh, base realignment to, uh, I, I think, I think most of the time, you know, there, there's enough anticipation. But, uh, if you dig down like into, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at like the entire metro. So, of course, if you look into, You know, uh, markets like closer to base, maybe zip code or or census tract. I mean, that data is a little harder to come across, but um, of course, you'll you'll find a little bit more uh, impact there. But as a metro as a whole, um, it's not as much as you would think.
0: So, what challenges does this sector of housing face?
1: Well, I think just like everyone else, I mean, affordable housing is becoming scarcer and scarcer. Prices are are increasing, so. Um, just like everyone else, I mean, they're fa- facing that that same challenge and, and just simply finding uh, something if, if you know if they're looking. Uh, and then also, you know, in the next few years, um, I think 2021 is the next round of uh, base realignment talks, and of course, that's going to have a lot of these military communities, uh, you know, kind of really focusing on what could that mean for them. So that's probably the the next the next biggest uh, um, potential impact. So.
0: Well, thank you for joining me. Yeah. Thanks again, Josh. We posted a link to Homefront, How the Military Influences Texas Housing Markets, on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box. And if you're interested in more information about Texas military personnel, we included a link to a Google Drive folder that has other resources you may find helpful. We also linked to Josh's other articles. In the past year, he has written about Texarkana's economy, Waco's Housing Market, Texas Home Values and School Quality, Amarillo's Housing Market, Texas Luxury Home Market, Midland's Economy, and more. We also included links to other podcasts Josh has been featured on, so check those out if you'd like to hear more from him. The Real Estate Center's research library includes a wide variety of economic reports and real estate articles. Topics include Texas housing type trends, blockchain and real estate, manufactured housing, liability waivers, Texas land markets, and so much more. We included a link to the research library on our podcast webpage. So that's going to be it for today's podcast. If you want more from the Real Estate Center, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can also check out our website. That's www.recenter.tamu.edu for the latest data, research articles, blogs, news, and more. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans understand military's impact on housing since 1971. This is Haley Reader and I'll see you next time. Bye!